fate or just fatal? This one is really a combination of two things. First is a character named Tony uh, in a novel I'm writing now. We'll, prob we'll probably be called Rainbow Ranch. And uh, there's a character in it that I'm considering killing. Um, and that's a tough one. So I would just thought I'd explore death. And at the same time, I wrote this while I was visiting my father in his assisted living facility. He has dementia. And um, so this is me just processing as well, um, because it was a pretty, pretty tough visit. Uh, as worthwhile as it was, it was it was hard. So, fate or just fatal? Tony couldn't believe it. He died. Tony died. What kind of guy dies so young? Tony wondered if fate was real. If it was, why should you even bother trying? It's funny how humans know that death is always coming. But other than the obvious biological clock running out, they can't know if it's fate or random chance. Tony didn't think nature was as clever as it was cruel. Look how animals die in the wild. The only fate Tony could see was all animals die painfully. Attack, starvation, drowning, fire, shot, car, poisoned. Even if they die of old age, won't that mean that they lose the ability to eat and drink? Doesn't that hurt, at least for a while? A month before Tony died, he went to spend a couple of days with his father at his retirement home. The poster seniors of the facility had a picture of themselves enlarged enough to fill up the side of the 12-passenger transport that took the able-minded for outings. You know the kind. Immersive Van Gogh, mall walking, community theater, the local college art show. Free or low cost because of the group discount flat ground, easy access to restrooms. The poster seniors were two ladies with heart-shaped sunglasses, ruby red lips, and stylish gray hair. They stood intimately close, one behind the other, holding umbrella drinks. Their heavily lipsticked lips were parted just enough to make you think of how everyone gets loud at parties. Stripes. Tony remembered that they were wearing stripes. Tony looked for those gals the whole time he was there escorting his time-looped father to lunch and back, to dinner and back, so bored watching his father flip through channels only to get lost in the smart TV. He walked in one day to find his dad watching a football game in Spanish. "'What you watching?' Tony had asked. His dad shrugged and handed him the remote. Tony convinced him to go to the movie theater replica that was installed downstairs. It had all the notes of a real theater, with deep chairs and red fabric, drink holders, fabric on the walls, and a large pull-down screen. The screen was connected to a Netflix account that the receptionist booted up twice a day, once for the matinee and once for the evening show. Once his father was seated, Tony parked his father's walker that was specially designed for Parkinson's patients next to him. Specially designed meant that he had to squeeze the levers on the handle to walk, not to break, so that the walker didn't get away from him. Nobody mentioned that the walker was blocking an aisle, which seemed okay because there were only five other residents in the theater. 
They watched the butler, and it was a good choice because his dad probably recognized some of the presidents, definitely knew what the White House was, and the plot was easy to follow. The next day he asked Tony, Did we see a movie yesterday? Yes, we saw the butler. Tony could see by the look in his eyes that his dad was inwardly working to retrieve the memory. Oh, right, was his reply. Tony knew it was only a 50% chance that was ac accurate. Apparently, memory and the ability to bullshit were not connected. His father hadn't lost his social skills. That was a different kind of dementia altogether. What parent expects to outlive their child? He wondered if that information would stay with his dad, like the name of the show Matlock that they watched together during the last day of his visit. Tony couldn't believe it. His father couldn't remember the names of his own siblings until reminded, but he recalled the name of a TV lawyer when Tony couldn't. He wasn't sure how deep emotion went with his dad now, who was never very demonstrative. Tony's eyes welled up as he hugged his dad for what turned out to be the last time. Tony figured it might be anyway, but for a very different reason. The week before his visit, it was reported to him that his father had had an unstoppable nosebleed, and if they hadn't come to his room in time, he could have died. The problem was that his dad can't remember to push the emergency button he wears around his neck, not when he bleeds, nor when he falls down. Tony was 50 when he died, which is young in terms of death, but not shockingly so. Anyway, aneurysms can happen to anyone over 30, so it seems to provide evidence that death is random. Tony knew that the multitude of philosophical questions that would follow his early death wouldn't change the result, though those questions would not be debated by his father, who would have to be reminded that Tony had died, until, perhaps, he didn't remember that he had had a son at all. To answer those questions of fate, destiny, and genetic roulette, would only beget more questions anyway, to be debated until the end of time, or at least until the end of your time, or your mind. <laughs>